0: Welcome to the Press On Podcast. I'm so glad you are joining us for our first episode of the new year. This is 2024, and you are listening to episode 107. I'm your host, your friend, your guide, Justin. I'm so glad you're joining us. If you've been with us for a while, welcome back. And if you are brand new, uh, welcome to the family. We are so glad you are here from episode one. We have been a podcast for broken, messed up, imperfect people created by a broken, messed up, imperfect person just trying to figure out how to do life together, trying to figure out how to press on in this life and do the best we can because God has done so much for us. We want to do our very best for Him and press on towards the prize, which is heaven, and so... I, like I said, I'm glad you are joining us, and I was really debating how to start off the new year, because uh, I can't lie, I want to get back into to just diving into Scripture, studying little by little, verse by verse. I think we were on like part 16 or 17 of our study of John last summer, and then we kind of took a break, and then uh, we didn't continue on in that, and I would like to get back to that, uh, but in order to start the new year... I wanted to start with this idea of how to study the Bible. Now, if you want a really more in-depth look, we have some YouTube videos on our YouTube channel on how to how to really get the most out of your Bible study. But, but just for two weeks, I want to talk about this idea of studying the Bible and then use it to actually study a full book in the next two weeks uh, with you guys. Uh, this is uh, uh, something that Craig Groeschel did over at Life Church. Um, and so I'm taking this from him. Uh, he provides all the resources for free for churches and, and podcasts and things like that. Um, so this isn't anything new. Um, this isn't anything I created, but it's just something that, that really was laid on my heart. Um, and I just wanted to share with you um, because truth is is there's no greater way to get to know God than to study, his word, to, to understand scripture. But oftentimes people don't really care, or they get bored and they give up, or some people just don't know how to study scripture. Uh, you know, you, you start in Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus, and, and then, yeah, you're done. Because because when you get to Leviticus, it gets kind of boring, and then you just kind of give up. And, and then some people do the, the lucky uh, dip, or uh, some people call it the flip and dip method, which is where you just Open the Bible, put your finger in it, and, and do it as it says. Uh, Craig Groeschel, actually, he does this. He, he opens to Ezekiel 4.12. And he said, can you imagine if you just opened up Scripture for the first time, Ezekiel 4.12. And it says this, and you shall eat it as a barley cake, baking it under their sight on human dung. I mean, that's in Scripture. And, and so if you're just opening up Scripture, you might run into things like that. Um, and so probably not the best method. And so, so the goal here is to really try to understand it. Really, for the the last season of our podcast has really been about trying to understand the Bible better, uh, so we understand what God's trying to say to us better. So then we can actually press on. And so, uh, so as we talk about some really quick tips, I want to take a look at the book of Philemon. Uh, the book of Philemon uh, is the shortest letter that Paul writes. Um, and I'm excited it's because it is a heavy, heavy book and I want to, uh, I don't want us to miss out on what God might be saying to us through this book because easily it gets stuck between pages. We often skip over this book, um, or, or we just wait until a pastor preaches on it and we think we're good. So if you tend to take notes, uh, real quick, I want to give you five ways to study the Bible um, and then we'll walk through each of those ways while looking at Philemon, um, and we'll just break down the first part this week and then next week we'll continue on. But number one is choose a translation you can understand. Uh, I talk about this in the YouTube videos, but, uh, there's a big debate on what translation to use and if there's only one right, right to translation to use. And I say that's all fooey. Pick a translation that you can use. Some translations are going to be more literal. Some are going to uh, just be easier to understand. Uh, but pick one you can use because if you're not careful, you might pick a translation you don't understand and then you get caught up in that and then you stop studying scripture because you don't understand it. There is no one God given translation. Uh, the truth is, the Bible was written in Greek and Hebrew. Uh, then it was translated to Latin. and then because people didn't understand Latin, people got together. They wanted to uh, write it in the King James version. And And then when you get to the, the, the King James Version, it's very hard for us to understand. For instance, Philemon 1:7 through8. In King James it says this: "For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Wherefore, though, I might be much bold in Christ, to enjoy in thee that which is convenient. To me, that doesn't make sense. And it wouldn't make sense to most people unless you were raised in a church that only spoke King James and somebody broke it down for you. Uh, But for personal Bible study, that doesn't make sense. And then you would have to break it down. Because we don't use words like bowels, the bowels of the saints. That sounds disgusting. And then you'd have to break it down, look up the Greek word for bowels, and that really just means that the felt emotions, the emotions, the, the heart, the, the, the intent is, is what it's talking about. And so I get it. Some people are traditionalists. They like the King James Version. But for somebody trying to understand the Bible that has a hard time understanding the Bible, there are better translations to help you understand a little bit easier. That's step one. Step two, choose a time, a place, a plan to study. Um, Be consistent. Do the same time and place every single day. I recommend the morning. That's just who I am. I would fall asleep at night or I'd get busy in the day, just run out of time. I do it at a a desk and a chair. If I do it in my bed, I'd be tempted to lay down and fall asleep. If I do it on the couch, I would be tempted to flip on the TV. Uh, just find what works for you. Are you somebody that that likes a, a paper Bible or a digital Bible? Do you have a plan to or a book that you're going to walk through a devotion, or are you on the Uversion app where they have plans there? Find, just have a plan in place and then do it consistently. Uh, for me, I am. I'm really getting into and you'll see this in the YouTube videos. I'm into uh, really Bible scrapbooking, I guess, is the technical term. Um, but, but I'm taking notes in my Bible and my Bible uh, is just kind of filling up with these notes that I'm learning and things like that. Um, but but for me, a physical Bible is better because um, I can do that kind of stuff. But, but find what works for you and then put it in place. So number one, choose translation. Number two, time, place, plan to study. Number three is understand the context. Um, because it's going to show you why what's being said is important. Um, it's going to uh, tell you what's really going on here. So, so for instance, what if I told you uh, that there was a man who was taking pictures with another girl that wasn't his wife, and they were at dinner alone, and they were in another city. Well, that would be suspicious, right? That would raise concern. And while everything I just said could be true, it's incomplete without the context, because that man was with his daughter and they were at dinner in another city. They were in Denver at a concert. I don't know. like, but, but do you understand what I'm getting at is that the context matters more than you can ever imagine. And I don't know how many times I've sat in a church service and listened to messages preached where the pastor just did not care about the context. I've even been in a service where the pastor actually said, Hey, don't pay attention to the context. This is what it's saying. But here's the truth. The Bible is is a library. It's not a book. It's a library of books. And and out of those 66 books written in three languages across three continents, over a 1,500-year time period by 40 different authors, it's this collection of poems and prophecies, letters, laws, histories, biographies, And it's written all by people inspired by God, telling us this one unified story. But you have to understand it in whole. You have to understand the context. We have to study. We have to, uh, to, in order to, to understand it completely, in order to apply the Bible to our lives today, we have to pay attention to the context. Who wrote it? Whom was it written to? What's the purpose? That's some of the immediate context. Well, Luckily for us, Philemon starts off with the context. Philemon 1, 1 through 2, it says this, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus our fellow soldier in the church in your house. We've we just learned a lot in that little bit of context. Now, you can get online and you can, there's Bible project videos and other commentaries and you can learn even more but, but here we already know some things. I already told you one of those things. Paul, we see that Paul wrote this. I already said that it was his shortest letter. He actually tells us he's a prisoner of Christ. Now, usually he would say, I'm an apostle. Uh, this is the only letter that he writes where he says, I'm a prisoner. And he's almost speaking as this... Uh, idea of I'm speaking to a friend here I'm not pulling rank I'm not in charge of the church here I am writing to one of my friends to Philemon our beloved fellow worker Philemon was written by Paul from a Roman prison to this wealthy man named Philemon who led a church in his home and it's actually going to be written about this man named Onesimus he was a runaway slave who stole things from Philemon and he, he stole these things. He, then he meets, after he flees, he meets Paul in Rome. And by God's grace, Paul leads Onesimus to Christ. Now, Paul's purpose in this letter is to encourage Philemon to forgive Onesimus and accept him as a brother. Now, right here, this is a big deal. Again, context is important. So we have to know what goes on in this time period. And through a little bit of research, you can find out that about this time, there was about 60 million slaves in the city of Rome or in the area of Rome or under Roman Empire. And slaves would often run away. And the owner, at the very least, would, would brand that slave if they run away. Uh, usually like an F for fugitive. <laughs> um, but at the very worst, those slaves would often be beaten and killed. And Paul is writing to Philemon, who, in context, in the in the rights of the day, had every right to, to beat and kill this slave who stole from him and ran away. Paul's going to write to him and say, "Hey, this guy stole from you. He escaped. I want you to forgive him. Not only that, I want you to receive him and treat once miss not as a slave, but as an equal, as your brother." Now again, we have to understand the context and. I don't know if this is right, um, and I'm not going to claim this is right, uh, but it almost seems like Paul is kind of buttering up Philemon here. Because right here, Paul writes this in verse 4 I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of faith that, that you have towards the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ for i have derived much joy and comfort from your love my brother because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you so so maybe he's not really buttering up philemon but he's saying hey philemon i know you i know you love jesus and and, and, and people have come to faith because of how you treat them and how much you work for god and he's almost saying this in order to reveal what he's going to ask of him to receive once a miss back. Uh, so it almost is like he's buttering him up, but he's really just saying, hey, I know you know the right thing to do in this situation. And, and so, so that is really all the context that, that we need to know immediately. Now, there's a lot of other things we could study, but, but just for the sake of time, that's the context. Number four is this, read slowly, ask questions. What does this say about God? I mean, what does this say uh, about me? A lot of people, they use this acronym SPECK, S-P-E-C-K, sin, promise, example, command, no. Um, So is there a sin to be avoided? Is there a promise to be claimed? Is there an example to follow, a command to follow or obey? Is there something to know about God in this? And and we'll talk a little bit more about this next week. Um, but the number five step is this. Pray for God to speak to you when you're reading Scripture and apply what He might show to you in these moments. Like pray, what do you want me to see? What are you trying to say to me? What do you want to show me? I want to look at one more thing before we close today, and it's this, Philemon 1, 8 through 8-10 Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you, I, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner, also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me." Once Miss stole from Philemon. He runs to Rome. He he meets Paul. Paul leads Once Miss to Christ. Now Once Miss uh, is not a slave anymore, but he's a son of God. And Paul is urging Philemon. Paul says, "I could pull rank here and tell you to do this, but but I'm I'm going to appeal to you because of because of my love for this man." Because my love for you, my love for Jesus, I'm going to appeal to you to take this man back. Now, here's where I kind of geek out, and you can too, uh, if you would want to. If you dive just a little bit deeper when you're studying scripture, you can look at the original language. I don't even know Greek, but you can Google Greek, you can look things up. But when you do this, when you do word studies, you start to find buried treasures, like little Easter eggs, like this. Onceamis's name actually means useful or profitable. And Paul says formerly Onceamis was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. Do you get it? Paul's playing with his name. He's saying this man whose name literally means useful was useless to you, but now he has Become what his name means. He has lived up to his name. Another thing is Paul uses the word formally, which is the Greek word pote. And then he says, but now. But now is the word de nune. De nune. Pote de nune. And you can't have the de nune without the pote. Pote. You can't have the but now without the formally. Paul says, formally once Miss was a slave and he was useless, but now he's useful. Your life formally it might have been painful, but now it is profitable. And this is the application. And in, in my Bible, uh, I would write down this, this idea. Instead of asking God why it's like this, ask God what is he showing you. Like, don't ask God why it's written in the Bible, but but what is he trying to show you in this moment? Because in this, if you think back, think about how God used those things that you didn't want. How, How he made the useless useful again. He took all the bad and made it good. What does God want to show you? That he's faithful. He helps turn things in hard times. That he has a plan. Because you can't have the denuné without the pote. You can't have the but now without the formally. Here's the truth. Is, is God is writing our story as we speak in 2024. Formally you were sick. But now you've been healed. Formerly, you were addicted, but now you're becoming sober and clean. Formerly, you were depressed and anxious, but now you have peace. Formerly, your, your marriage was barely hanging in there, but now you are seeking God together. Formerly, you were lost, but now you're found. And when is God going to rewrite your story? It's going to be as you read His Word. We know that God's Word is living, it's active, it's powerful. It's powerful. It speaks to us, it guides us, it protects us, it empowers us, it guards us from temptation, it renews our mind, it builds our faith, it shows us heavenly riches. God's word is truth and the truth will set us free. He is rewriting our story each and every day. And that, my friends, is how we do the one thing I've encouraged us to do each and every episode and that is to press on. Hey, I can't wait to continue this series next week But until then, adios.